Hey there, how are you? I hope you are doing fantastic. Today, we are gonna be talking about offer letters as it relates to a written offer, a verbal offer, and giving your notice. And I thought my neighbor was done pressure washing his four-wheeler he never drives, uh, but I guess he's not. So if there is background noise, I will do my best to fix it in editing. But if you can still hear it, I apologize in advance. <laughs> All right, you are listening to the Career Talk Learn, Grow, Thrive podcast, where we talk about all things career-related. I tell you how it is, and we get right to the point. I am your host, Stephanie Dennis. My background is in HR, which is what I have my master's degree in. And if you haven't had a chance to check out the podcast-inspired merch, head over to careertalkswag.com. Obviously, podcast stuff is on there, as well as some other funny designs inspired by, you know... 2020, just whatever that means to you. Uh, This is a good time to mention this podcast does contain adult language. All right, let's get into it here. So offer letters, verbal offers, giving your notice, all the things of offers. So basically, let's talk about all the things that happen after you're done interviewing. Basically the fun stuff, right? (laughs) All right, verbal offers. So verbal offers are typically extended. And the reason being is a company doesn't want to go through the time and effort to create and approve a written offer if they don't think you'll accept it. So oftentimes a verbal offer is kind of like a, if you're a salesperson, it's kind of like the pre-close stage. I don't consider recruiting to be sales, so I don't think of it that way. I consider it more of just like an alignment conversation. So if I want to offer you a job at 100,000, but you need 125, that's our time to figure out, okay, do I have wiggle room? Do you have wiggle room? Does it make sense to move forward and get in an offer approved? If let's say the very, very max it could possibly be, because I don't ever guarantee an offer, is maybe 110. Is that a deal breaker? If it is, maybe we don't we don't move forward. Now I will put a huge asterisk. I also have this conversation in every initial conversation I have with candidates. So we talk about comp. However, once I get through the process, I always realign and make sure we're still on the same page because things change. Other offers could come in. Factors maybe they weren't thinking about in that first conversation came into play. Who knows? So not everyone gets a verbal offer. If you don't get one, don't freak out. It's totally normal. I like to do it just for the sake of time. I am a person who values productivity and efficiency. So I don't want to go chase around three approvals for an offer letter for four days if we're not going to be able to do do it, you know, do the damn thing as they say. I actually don't think that's the right context. So ignore <laughs> if I even keep it there. <laughs> okay. So here you think about verbal offers. Uh, your interviews are done. They went really well. Like maybe everyone's putting together numbers or they already have a particular current number in mind, right? So this is where if someone calls you and they start to have that conversation, so hey, Steph, you know, interviews went really well. The feedback is really positive. We're thinking about, we want to move forward. We're going to start to put together numbers. Typically, there's a conversation that happens between the recruiter and the hiring manager before an offer is routed for approval. If it needs to get approval, not every company has approval process. And so that's where as a recruiter, I'd call the the candidate and be like, hey, and I'm really honest. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be talking to the hiring manager. I know we want to move forward. We're going to talk numbers, but I want to talk to you first. So this is your time to start thinking about your notice, your start date, and where you need to be in order to say yes. It's also your time to be very clear on expectations because if you tell the recruiter, okay, I'm going to accept at 100,000, I have to give a two-week notice and... 
I'm going to need three weeks of PTO, right? Like those are your parameters and they go and get approval. Again, if the company needs approval, not all companies do. It usually takes anywhere between like a same day all the way up to seven day approvals. If it's taking longer than that, there's probably shit going on behind the scenes that you'll probably never know about, but that's it's beside the point. So what you don't want to do is say, here's exactly what I need. Here's what I want. Here's what I'm going to say yes to. Here's what's going to be too low. And then the recruiter goes and does all that. <laughs> they meet all the requirements, right? And maybe they're able to get you a little bit more, right? So they've advocated for you. And then you go to a formal offer stage after you've had the alignment conversation. Uh, you go get all the approvals and then you change your mind. And now that person has to start all over. So I say all that to say, if you are not sure of what you're going to say yes to, just let that person know like, hey, this is really exciting. I'm so grateful. Can I get back to you tomorrow? Or if it's in the morning, can I get back to you later today and take a little bit of time to think about what I need in order to say yes? So that way it's a thoughtful conversation. If you haven't thought about that beforehand, usually people start to think about it if they have final interviews. However, sometimes things just move really, really fast and that's totally understandable. So for context, if we think about the timeline of recruiting, it's a long one. If you need to hire for a role and you have to go through the process of posting the role, recruiter does phone interviews, you do phone interviews, then you do face-to-face, then you make an offer and then they counter and then you make another offer and then you go through the background check and then they have to give a two-week notice, right? So timeline is ridiculous. So let's break it down. Once you have a final interview, from the point of a final interview to yes, we want to extend an offer. So basically you've done your final interview. Whoever was part of that process has said stamp of approval. Yes, move forward. So you did your final interview and everyone is like, yep, we want to move forward. We want to extend an offer. Typically feedback after a final interview is anywhere from same day, so zero, all the way to the most I've really seen is three days, if it's going to be a yes. If it's going to be a no, sometimes hiring managers will drag their feet on getting that feedback to you. But let's say for the sake of conversation, zero to three days. And then we go to the next step, a verbal offer, getting the recruiter and the candidate on the phone, typically on the phone, to have a verbal offer alignment conversation. Again, another zero to three days, right? So maybe you're playing phone tag, maybe that person's out of town, maybe it's the weekend, we don't know. So now we're up to, for the first two steps alone, And this doesn't include all the other steps I said, right? So this is just after your final interview. We're already at zero to six days. So again, zero, all of this could happen in the same day. Totally doable. Offer letter approval process. Again, if your company needs it, usually one to five business days. Generally, if you need an approval, more than one person has to put a stamp of approval on it. While it can happen same day, it's usually one to five days. So total for these three steps, we're at looking at one to 11 days. Offer acceptance, usually uh, same day up to two days. So zero to two days. So again, we're all of these steps, one to 13 days is our total range. Background check is going to take anywhere from two to 10 days. So now we're up to three to 23 days. Someone has to give a two-week notice. That's 14 days, as we know, seven days in a week times two, 14. So now we're at 17 to 37 days. 17 to 37 days from the time someone has a final interview and the feedback is, yes, we want to move forward to them ending their two-week notice period. And maybe that's a Wednesday, so you're probably going to have to wait till Monday, right? So add possibly a couple days to that 17 to 37 days. I say the timeline because it's important. (laughs) It's important to understand that if you accept an offer, uh, you're probably not going to start at that company for about a month because background check, two-week notice, 
and then you start. So as a recruiter, if I go through those first three steps, right? We Yes, we get the feedback. We want to move forward. I talk to you, verbal offer alignment conversation, offer letter approval process, uh, and then you get that offer and we're at that one to 13 day mark. What if it took longer? What if, let's say we're in the middle, let's average it out seven days. It took us to get there. And you're like, oh, JK, I actually want 2000 more dollars. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> So now we start that process all over again, the 17 to 37 business days or 17 to 37 day process all over again. So that's what I say. For context, it's important if you are not sure what you will say yes to, it is okay to ask someone, hey, can I get back to you later today or tomorrow on what I will say yes to? And most recruiters are going to be grateful of that. And if you're sensing any sort of like hesitation or concern from the other person, if they're not like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Absolutely. They're like, oh, well, sure, I guess. Okay. You know, if they seem to have that kind of hesitant, like what, what? Like, I just really want to make sure that I can tell you exactly what I'm going to say yes to so we can save time and we won't have to go back and forth. You shouldn't have to explain that to a recruiter. However, it is fair to acknowledge that one, there's a lot of people who aren't new to recruiting and two, uh, sometimes people aren't always great at it. I'll just call a duck a duck, right? (laughs) All right, let's move on. Offer letter. I will say this, make sure you understand everything in your offer letter. Offer letters can be super, super simple, and some of them are just ridiculous. I've seen some that are like a paragraph. Congratulations, so-and-so. We want to extend you an offer for position title with salary or hourly rate with a start date of fill in the blank for date. Thank you so much for your time and consideration. Find attached to benefits. Thank you, HR person. (laughs) I've seen them that, and then I've seen two, three page offer letters. So uh, make sure you understand what's in the offer letter. And if you have questions, ask. Even if your recruiter is getting annoyed with you by asking a bajillion questions, ask anyway, because once you sign it, you've agreed to that, right? So it's very, very small chances of it changing after you've signed it. It could be like if you change your mind, you just don't start with that company, which is that happens sometimes, but it's less likely that someone's going to be able to get you a new offer approved unless something changes. And I say that because it's like, okay, you accept an offer, let's say a hundred thousand because it's just easy number. And then someone comes up an interview you did two weeks ago. They're like, great news. We want to send you an offer, 125,000. But your favorite company is a hundred thousand company. If that happens and you're willing to walk away from from the $100,000 company for the $125,000 company. If money is more important and that is fair, there's no judgment for that. And I will always repeat that on this podcast because people have shit they have to pay for. It is what it is. I totally get that. But if you're going to come back to that company and say, hey, I just want to be really transparent. This company offered me this. I'd rather work for you. Is there any way we can meet in the middle? If the answer is no, that's fine. Then you just need to know like what you're going to do. But anyway, I tangent, circling back, ask questions if you, for all of the things you don't understand in your offer letter. Compensation, make sure you understand, is it salary or is it hourly? Is it paid out weekly? Is it paid out every other week? Is it paid out twice a month? Is it paid out monthly? Do you have bonuses or commission? When is that paid out? What percentage is it? What is it based off of? Is it based off of your performance? Is it based off the company's performance? Is it based on your team performance? Is it based on a combination of all three? Is it just based on if the CEO feels like it? You know, like you need to know, okay, my compensation, again, easy numbers, $100,000 salary, 10% bonus, my total cash compensation is 110,000. But in order to get that extra 10,000, what needs to happen? I mean, you don't have to know like the KPI specifically, but you would want to know before you sign 
individual performance, you know, all the things I said. And see, benefits. Uh, benefits are part of compensation. So if we're looking at benefits, we're looking at effective dates, we're looking at how much it costs, we're looking at what's covered, what's not covered, we're looking at time off, we're looking at different plans for me as an individual, me plus my uh, significant other spouse, me plus my spouse plus my kids, right? So you really need to factor in all of the different options and then, okay, you have a 401k, is there a match? Again, just looking at benefits. Start date. When we write offer letters, generally there's a start date that's usually dependent or contingent, I should say, you successfully completing a background check. Right, so if you fail the background check, then you don't get to start. However, you also want to factor in, okay, if the background checks take up to two weeks and I also have to give it two week notice, but they want me to start next Tuesday, right, that's not going to make sense. So making sure the start date accommodates both the background check and your notice period. Sometimes when you send an offer uh, or sometimes when HR sends offers out, they will also send you non-competes or rights to IP, different sort of like documents like that, IP uh, being intellectual property. So just understand if there is supplemental attachment or documents or whatever in your offer letter that you also understand what that means. A lot of times, for example, non-compete, right? If you work for, you know, ABC Auto Shop, I don't even know why auto came into my head, probably because my car is being fixed today. Apparently need a new struts. I don't know, whatever. And part of their process, right, is that you can't go work for XYZ Auto down the road unless you have been separated from ABC Auto for at least 12 months, right? That's usually more in like the tech and sales world, but <laughs> but point is... You just need to understand everything that you're signing. And then obviously you need to decide, are we going to accept? Are we going to counter? Or are we going to decline? If a verbal offer has already been extended, the formal offer should be super easy. It should at that point, should, I'm going to emphasize, should be more of a formality at that point because you've already aligned on all the big pieces. Your notice, always leave on good terms. Two plus weeks notice, depending on when the company needs you. Maybe they don't need you for, you know, four or five weeks and you can give a two and a half or a three week notice and offer to help, you know, fill some of that gap a little bit more. But two weeks is the standard. It's kind of what's considered minimum. But having a conversation with your manager if you are going to give a notice is going to be important as well. Going back to the episode January 20th, 2020, how to quit giving notice and what to include could be another helpful episode if you find yourself in that situation. And then the other thing I will say is never quit until you have a signed offer letter. I hear nightmare horror stories of people who gave two-week notice to their employer. They got a verbal offer. The offer for whatever reason fell through, couldn't get approved, couldn't be extended. And now they don't have a job and their employer doesn't want to let them rescind their notice, right? So I bet it's a bad spot. Always wait until you have a formal offer letter signed. Just make things official. Keep it official. Keep it clean. It is not common. I will say that. However, I personally, the planner in me would never want to find myself in that situation. So it's always best to err on the side of a little bit of caution versus taking possibly unnecessary risk. All right. I hope you found this episode helpful, valuable. If you have a topic you want me to cover, reach out, let me know. I would love to help. As always, thank you so very much for being here, listening to the show. I really appreciate it. You can find more information below and then also detailed show notes over at stuffdennis13.com. If you want to learn how we can work together, resume reviews, uh, interview help, career coaching, head over to listen to careertalk.com for more information. Uh, You can support the show one of four ways, technically five, just by listening, you support it. (laughs) There's the merch store, careertalkswag.com, Amazon wishlist, or you can leave a donation via PayPal or Anchor. 
Of course, all the links will be below. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a moment, leave a rating, review. It really helps others find us, and I love reading them. And lately, I have been very thoroughly entertained by some of the screen screen names, so that's fun too. You can find me over on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, StephDennis13, over on Instagram, Career Talk Podcast as well. We are written, produced, hosted, and edited by yours truly. You are simply wonderful, and I hope you have an amazing, awesome rest of your day.